This is episode 97. In this episode of All Hazards. And now I had an opportunity. I was going to serve the entire state of California. His fourth year serving firefighters statewide. And when you arrive on scene, you're going to make it better. A man who followed in his father's footsteps. We'd drive to the fire station in the morning and it was just like, this is my hero. How a fire chief handled an incoming cruise ship full of COVID-stricken passengers and later vaccinated them. But I can tell you the California Fire Service is up to that challenge to ultimately make sure the people of California are safe. And what Cal OES is doing now for the upcoming peak fire season and how these spring storms are impacting firefighting efforts. The Western United States will be burning. We sit down with Cal OES Fire and Rescue Chief Brian Marshall right now. All right, we're sitting here at the Cal OES headquarters here in beautiful Mather, California. We're in the OES Fire and Rescue Coordination Center. I'm sitting down here with Cal OES State Fire and Rescue Chief Brian Marshall. Thanks for being here, Chief. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Your pleasure and honor. I yes. know, I know. <laughs> so, Chief, what made you want to be a firefighter? So, my father was a firefighter. Mm. And I grew up just worshiping him and I remember we used to pick my dad up from the fire station when he got off duty my mom hmm. would load uh, my sister and I in the car and we'd drive to the fire station in the morning and it was just like this is this is my hero hmm. and I wanted to be a firefighter you know just as young as I can remember and then you have to go back to the Johnny and Roy days, emergency on TV. And it's like, <laughs> I'm watching this. This is what I want to do. You're skipping class. You're calling in sick. You're going, well, I got to watch this. I, I, I just totally immersed in becoming a firefighter. And I remember early on, uh, I became a seasonal firefighter for the Kern County Fire Department. And I worked in our bulldozer program. And it was just... I am working in my dream job. Even as a heavy equipment operator, you thought you had already made it. <laughs> I, it. It was all I wanted to do. Yeah, It was the only thing in life that I wanted to do. And I equate it to like professional athletes as mm. they're growing up and they're playing football, baseball, or, or any sport. That was my focus, become a firefighter. A lot of people are jealous of that. You know, some people don't know what they want to do in life, but you, you had the easy track, so to speak. You knew right away, you knew what you had to do. And like, like any Olympian athlete, you know, you said, I'm going to study fire. I'm going to do it. And that's where I'll end up. That, that's exactly how it happened. I spent my entire life growing up with one goal in mind, and that was to become a Kern County firefighter. Wow. What did, so what was it like in Kern County with, how would you equate it to any other fire station? Was it something that really helped mold you into who you are now? Kern County was very diverse. Mm. Uh, you had cities, you had very rural areas, you had uh, petroleum, agriculture. Uh, late in my career, we had a lot of green energy projects, uh, solar windmills. Uh, two military bases, Edwards Air Force Base, um, China Lake Naval Weapons Center, two national forests, uh, just a wide variety of diverse communities. 
And that gave you an opportunity to really learn your craft. Mm. One day you could be in a city and one day you could be in a rural area and two different ways of handling emergencies because of the time it took for resources to get there. Uh, fires often got bigger in the rural area because of time and distance. Mm. So you really learned your craft as a firefighter in Kern County. Yeah, that's definitely one of the advantages of having that. You're dealing with structure fires in the city, and then you have the, you know, essentially a wildland equivalent yeah. in the rural areas, figuring out how to manage such a large acreage of fire. That's really impressive. So what led you to OES? Did you have some interactions as a Kern County firefighter with OES before? What put OES on your radar? Well, OES leads the fire scope program in California and really the nation. Mm. So every firefighter carries a fire scope fog manual. And that is literally the Bible on how you deal with emergencies, how you set up the incident command system. It's your reference guide. So you become very in tune to OES early on in your career. When I was promoted to fire chief, I became a director on the board of directors for Firescope. And mm. that's really where I started interacting with OES and the state system. So when an opportunity uh, came up, uh, when Chief Kim Zagaris retired, uh, an opportunity presented itself. And I believe as a, as a person, you always need to grow. You always need those challenges. And this became a opportunity that would really challenge me. I knew Kern County. I had grown up, born and raised. I knew the system. I knew the people. But now I was going to move to a higher level. And I was going to serve more people. And I think that's one of the key factors in any firefighter. You are serving the people. And now I had an opportunity. I was going to serve the entire state of California. That's a huge responsibility, but it is an honor to fill the shoes of the fire chief for the state of California. Absolutely. Yeah. I had, this is about a, this is a little off topic, but an insider told me to ask you, what do you miss most about the firehouse? What I miss most about working in the fire station is the excitement responding to emergencies and taking somebody who has just dialed 911 and i've always told my firefighters that's the worst moment in somebody's life and when you arrive on scene you're going to make it better and i think that is the satisfaction of working in a fire station to respond to an emergency and to help people to make something better. Mm -hmm. What would you say has been some major successes that's really stood out to you and really helped mold you into the state fire chief? Coming into Cal OES as a state fire chief, uh, it's like drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. You, yep, you hear that a lot. A lot of different rela relationships to build. Uh, 
learning the state system, interacting with state agencies that you don't normally uh, interact with. So I really spent my first year just learning. Mm. But really, we got into year two, and shortly after the year started, COVID hit. Mm. Training wheels are off. Training wheels are off, and I remember former director Mark Gillarducci calling me one Sunday morning and telling me that I needed to respond to Oakland. There was a cruise ship coming in, and there were people on it that were sick with COVID. Wow. So it's nothing that you have in the book. As I call it, the fire chief's book of wisdom. There's no chapter on COVID. We were writing the book on COVID. Yeah. So you take what you know, you have all of those lessons learned in your lifetime as a professional firefighter, and you have to adapt. You have to adapt on the fly because mm. there was no playbook. Right. So that was a huge learning experience. And as COVID went on for several years, being able to adapt and ultimately keep people safe. One of the biggest responsibilities that we had during COVID was the fire and rescue branch set up the vaccine centers in Southern California and uh, in Northern California. And I think that's a, a testament to the California Fire Service is you can adapt to whatever emergency you face. And our firefighters who are normally responding to emergencies, now they're going into an environment where they're going to vaccinate thousands of people every day mm -hmm. against COVID. That's a big ask. Yeah. It was a big ask. Tremendous time commitment for our, our personnel to be at both sites, to manage all the different aspects of it, working with all the, the, the state and federal agencies. So it, it was a challenge, but I can tell you the California Fire Service is up to that challenge. No matter what the emergency is, they're going to come and respond and help out to ultimately make sure the people of California are safe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And coming from such a different change going into those vaccination sites and everything, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming for anyone. What advice would you give to someone coming from such a changing experience for you, such as something that may be overwhelming? What advice would you give to someone coming up in the ranks? I think every emergency you respond to is a, a learning mm. experience. Uh, you have the emergency to deal with, but not every emergency goes by the book. And you have to learn to adapt. And you have to remember the things that you did that worked mm. or may not have worked and be ready to adapt to the next emergency. Because here in California, we have a lot of disasters. And whether it's wildfires, earthquakes, floods, each of those incidents are different. And you have to be able to adapt what you know to respond to that emergency and stop it. Yep. That's the one thing I keep saying about California. You move to California, sign up for fires and earthquakes, and now we're getting floods. <laughs> it seems a little unfair. It, it, exactly. Mm -hmm. we, we have a lot of disasters in California, and the California Fire Service is ready to respond to whatever disaster we face. 
And I think that's a testament to each and every firefighter that, that works here in this state. Absolutely. And now that you're at OES, how would you, what, what are some of the major differences between your role now at OES compared to on the ground firefighting? Kind of what does OES fire do for the state? Our primary mission is to coordinate the fire and rescue mutual aid system, literally to get fire engines and firefighters to the scene of a disaster that has overwhelmed a local jurisdiction. So our firefighters, fire engines, they're all part of the system. And when there is a need, California firefighters, they get in a fire engine and they respond to an emergency. So I, I think that is the key for the, the fire and rescue division here at uh, OES. Mm -hmm. So now we've had an unprecedented year this year thus far. I think anyone can say that. Pretty safe, pretty safe uh, explanation. Yes. So how do you think the past winter storms, the past spring storms, What's that going to tell, what's that going to do for the upcoming fire season this year? Is it going to push it back? Is it, you know, making more undergrowth that's going to be more of a challenge? What do you think is going to happen this year? Well, I think every fire chief across the state gets asked this question. In Absolutely. <laughs> what's fire season going to be yeah. like? We'll find out more about peak fire season from Chief Marshall soon, along with the more finer details about the upcoming fire season. Big trees, the forest, uh, are hopefully recovering from the drought and, and drinking that water up. So their fuel moistures are going to be higher, way higher than they were last year. In addition, we'll find out what OES is doing now with local agencies to prepare. Our chief officers are out. They're inspecting our OES fire apparatus fleet, making sure that they're ready to respond when that 911 call comes in. Chief Marshall will also enlighten us to when OES gets involved in a wildfire incident. Here's a hint, some fires become too big for just one county to control. So as fires start expanding, becoming more complex and exceeding the jurisdiction's ability to contain that fire, then we they start looking at mutual aid. And we'll discover exactly how much OES contributes to all of the Western United States, not just California. Let's wrap up our chat with Chief Brian Marshall. Well, the first thing is fire season is year round. So we're having fires right now in Southern California where they didn't get as much of the severe weather storms. They're not big fires, but they are occurring. As far as drought, rain, snow, they all impact the landscape in different ways. Obviously the drought, when you have dry fuels with no winter recovery, they're ready to burn all year round. Mm. Now we've had a lot of rain, a lot of snow. The snow should delay fire season in the higher elevations. Um, big trees, the forest uh, are hopefully recovering from the drought and, and drinking that water up. So their fuel moistures are going to be higher, way higher than they were last year. So that should delay that type of fuel model from burning uh, right now like it was last year. Mm -hmm. 
the the brush model the 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 grass fuels they're going to be ready to burn sooner mm. um, and dead fuels don't recover no matter how much rain or snow we had so i think uh, when you look at uh, the weather impacts all types of weather impacts are our fire season i was talking to a, a fire chief yesterday and we were talking about the the snow load on the trees and one of the things it's breaking off limbs and branches mm. uh, high winds will actually shear trees off so you have more fuel on the ground that is going to be dead and drying out so that impacts fire season so weather plays a huge factor in the upcoming fire season. But I think there's also some other factors that people need to, to be aware of. Um, and that's cascading uh, events is what I like to call it. When you end up with several fires occurring at the same time that are large and they take a tremendous amount of resources to contain and control, you start going into a resource deficit. Mm. And then when you end up with more fires occurring, there's less firefighters and fire engines, the air tankers, the helicopters to respond to those emergencies. So you end up with this cascading effect of a large number of fires occurring simultaneous limited resources to respond to these fires and now they start getting bigger and bigger and it's just like a snowball rolling down a hill uh, and that is some of the factors that people don't often think about how things uh, occur and how wildfires get bigger we also have to look at the national picture the western united states will be burning that also takes a tremendous amount of resources. When the Southwest, the Great Basin are all on fire, resources are, are committed to those incidents. So there's less resources available for California. So it's really a complex model to determine what fire season's going to be. Mm. And, and until it starts raining and uh, snowing and fire season, peak fire season ends, uh, we won't really know uh, how fire season turned out. You're telling me we're not going up into the mountains, pulling snow down and saving it for the fire season? <laughs> keep buckets of it ready? Yeah, keep buckets of uh, water ready. <laughs> That's what firefighters do, right? They yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah there's a, and there's still a lot of snow out there. So mm -hmm. that that's a good thing. It, it is delaying... Uh, uh, fire season from occurring in certain fuel models. So mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a good thing. But you will see fires start occurring and they will actually spread to the snow line where they'll stop. And that's not an wow. uncommon occurrence. So dead fuel is dead fuel and it will mm -hmm. burn under the right conditions. Mm. That's interesting that the snow is actually making the tree, the upper trees fall down and adding more ground fuel. Is that something we deal with a lot every year or something more unique to the record snowpack we've got? It doesn't occur every year, but mm -hmm. uh, what we've seen over the last several months, uh, 
tremendous amount of snow uh, and, and the weight of the snow, snow is water mm-hmm. and uh, it, uh, it, it breaks down trees. Mm-hmm. So you have more dead fuel on the ground to burn. Mm. So with, with everything happening this year, it seems a little unprecedented with the spring storms, but like you said, we won't know until we're in the thick of it. What is, is Cal OES doing anything preemptively? Are we coordinating with say DWR to figure out where those snow lines are going to be? And what are we doing now to prepare for this fire season? So again, fire season never ends in California. So we're always preparing for it. So what you see right now is the, the fire and rescue division. Our chief officers are out. They're inspecting our OES fire apparatus fleet, making sure that they're ready to respond when that 911 call comes mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Our, our chief officers are out training firefighters in uh, strike team leader courses and, and making sure that they're prepared uh, to re- take out a strike team to respond to that call for assistance. Uh, we're coordinating across the regions, making sure we're all on the same page. So we'll be doing meetings across the state with fire chiefs, having those discussions about the upcoming fire season, just making sure we have a coordinated response because when it starts, it goes from zero to 60 really quick mm-hmm. here in California. And with how quick fires can get, can get going in California, when does OES step in to assist local jurisdictions? Is it a, is it a wait, you wait from the fire chief there in the region to give you a call? Or are we always monitoring fires and waiting to step in at any time? So we're always monitoring fires across the state. We want to have our our finger on the pulse of what's occurring because as fires start, again, they start taking resources. And then when the next fire starts, resources are coming from a distance, fires are getting bigger. So we always want to make sure we know what's going on. We have that situational awareness. All emergencies start local. And fortunately, most of the fires that occur, we don't even read about. We don't even see on social media because the firefighters respond. They put them out quickly. It's the big ones that we see. So as fires start expanding, becoming more complex and exceeding the jurisdiction's ability to contain that fire, then we, they start looking at mutual aid. And that's where we get involved, coordinating that mutual aid response to get firefighters and fire engines on the ground as quickly as possible. Uh, So that's a main focus when fires begin to exceed a jurisdiction's ability to contain them. We will start working with the jurisdiction and helping them get the resources they need to stop that fire. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned that we'll help out anyone in the Western region. So is it a, is it a, is it, it's a minute game of resource management on how much OES can help anyone in the region? Well, we not only help out in here in California, over the last several years, we've responded out of state. Last year we were in New Mexico, helping them with wildland fires. We uh, have been in Oregon and Montana helping Mm -hmm. with fires. So 
uh, fire season starts in the Southwest. And uh, if nothing's going on here, we answer the call for help anywhere really in the Western United States. Mm. All right, Chief. Most important question of the podcast yet. When you're when you're out in the field and you turn on the radio, what are you listening to? What am I listening to? <laughs> what are you to? listening to? Uh, I have varied taste in music uh, and talk radio. Uh, oh, okay. Like to know what's going on mm-hmm. uh, across the nation politically. Uh, what uh, other emergencies, disasters are, are occurring. Um, because even if we have the big earthquake, mm. we're going to need assistance from uh, throughout the nation, if not internationally. So it's kind of a pulse check. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk radio, you know, the news, national news, and then growing up in Kern County, country music. Amen. Some good old Earnhardt Jr. or something. Uh, yeah. Buck Owens. <laughs> Buck Owens, Merle Haggard. Yeah, the, uh-huh. the, the yeah. country music. Yeah. Uh, capital of the world. Amen. Well, Chief, hey, thanks for giving us some of your time. Uh, thanks for letting us know what uh, OES Fire is up to. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Another big thank you to Chief Brian Marshall for giving us his time today. For more information on wildfire preparedness and what Cal OES is doing to prepare for peak wildfire season and every other disaster, visit news.caloes.ca.gov. Thanks for listening, and subscribe to All Hazards on whatever platform you listen on. If you have any ideas, suggestions, or questions for the podcast, be sure to email us, media at caloes.ca.gov. For everyone at the Cal OES Office of Public Information, I'm Adam Cranville. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.